go go for it, man. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy, and I'm joined by Brandon, and this is episode two of the Catchway Podcast. And yeah, today we're gonna we're just gonna talk about uh, the upcoming event, two hundred seven Ronda Rousey, and uh, kind of recap uh, what happened over the weekend uh, in Sacramento. So uh, so yeah, I'm gonna turn it over to Brandon, who actually watched uh, Van Zandt versus Watterson, as I did not. And so uh, so Brandon, how was it? Uh, it was a great card. I think we should kick things off by talking about uh, a legend, a, a sure Hall of Famer. Uh, it was Uriah Faber's last fight against Brad Pickett. Yeah. It was a real good fight. Uh, Uriah just seemed like he was just really determined. Like uh, I had no doubt in my mind he was uh, that he was going to win that fight. I just it was his last fight. He had to win it. So um, it was a good fight, though. He looked really impressive. Uh, he won every round. Clearly, he almost finished Brad Pickett in the first, but uh, good fight all in all. Brad Pickett's a tough guy, and, he, and he's always fun to watch. But uh, yeah, it's sad to see Uriah uh, go, but it's probably for the best. Uh, you know, like once you have that, uh, once you have that idea in your head that it's it's over, you don't want to keep going. Like that's how injuries happen. Right, you, you lose your motivation and. End your drive, so hate to see him go, but at least he's leaving on his own terms. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I, I love Uriah. He's he's such a nice guy, and, and I mean, he's he's an incredible fighter, or was. I mean, he's, he definitely still is, but uh, you, you could definitely see him just declining, I guess you could say, over the past few years, and, and he really can't compete at the top of the division. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see him go. Uh, I don't I'm even know. i sad about it, it but... I don't know if, if if I would say that he's declining or if just talent is just starting to just get better. Right. I mean, Jimmy Rivera, he's a young guy. He's on, like, what, a 19-fight win streak or something like that. Yeah. I think uh, I think his, like, his class of guys, his age group and stuff is starting to dwindle out, and the new guys are, are on the rise. I don't I – don't, I mean, like, I don't think he's lost a step. I just think everyone else is just that good. Uh, yeah, I can I can agree with that. I mean, his style's definitely kind of getting outdated. Just the the heavy, slick grappler and wrestler with you know with some good hands. It's kind of getting outdated now with you know people like Dominic Cruz and Dillashaw kind of lead the way in in just new approaches. So so it's it's definitely time for him to go. He's I mean he's had like forty. I think I think it's forty four fights, which is just crazy. And he's he hasn't you know. He's not getting embarrassed, so so it's definitely better now than than never. So I'm glad to see him go. Yeah, and I mean he, you know, he has he has his boy Garbrandt in a in a title fight uh, this next week. So so he's got a yeah. bunch of other things going on, and and he'll be all right. That's he's, what he said. He's a businessman. Yeah, he said that he has like his own company coming up. He wants to focus on, uh, you know, being a coach at Alpha Male, getting the younger guys and trying to get them ready to to you know fight top. Uh, the elite fighters like Cody, you know, Garbrandt's fighting crew. So, you know, he's like, he wants to step back out of the limelight and let, uh, let everyone else have a, have a chance. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about the, uh, the Northcut fight? Mickey Gall and Sage. I think, uh, it was an interesting fight, man. I think uh, I don't know if these two guys are actually ready to be in the UFC yet. They're both really young, really inexperienced. Um, it was a fun fight. It was an exciting fight. It was a good fight to make. Uh, 
I think Mickey just outclassed Sage. I mean, Sage had some good moments on the feet, but just when it went to the ground, uh, Mickey Gall was light years ahead of him. Yeah, that's he that's just a, literally had no chance. From from the highlights and stuff, that's just kind of what it looked like. Like Mickey definitely didn't look too too comfortable on the feet, but but he knew how he was going to win that fight. And that was taking Sage down, and I mean, once once Sage once uh excuse me once Mickey got that got that choke in, it was Sage knew it was, it was over. over. I, I do have to say, I mean, I'm, that was definitely a really smart smart call out for Mickey because Brad was saying, you know, whoever fights CM Punk, like, what are they going to do next in the UFC? They're going to get just embarrassed. And so that was a good call yeah. out on, on Mickey's part because uh, he didn't get embarrassed in his next fight. He won it actually and uh, and finished it. And, and it was a it was a co-main event. You know, he he was a fight after Uriah Faber, and uh, and it definitely got a lot of views. And I think I think it was a, just a great idea on his part. And uh, a lot, a lot of people are maybe confused by his call out of Dan Hardy. I think it's a kind of a clever call out because if that fight would happen, which it's probably not, definitely beats my eyes. Dan Hardy's return, as well as you know, can Mickey fight and and beat somebody this good? But uh, I'm definitely enjoying Mickey Gall. He seems like a cool kid. He uh, he knows you know where he's at, and he's uh, he's definitely he's definitely aware of you know where he's at and what he, what he's got to do. And so I think it's pretty interesting, just you know, that he's not going to be known as just the guy that beat CM Punk in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, there's really nowhere to go, you know, from here than, I mean, than up. I mean, so young, still learning. And uh, Dan Hardy said uh, that he wants to come back, but he don't want to come back against a young guy like that. He wants to fight a more experienced guy. He said he don't want to come back and derail a a prospect like Mickey Gall. He wants more experience, which, I mean, that makes sense, too. I mean, because what does Dan Hardy gain by beating Mickey Gall? Really nothing. Nothing he's expected I mean, to, and if he loses, that's a, that's a tough loss. So. Yeah, he has nothing to win and everything to lose. Now, Mickey Gall, he has nothing to lose. I mean, it was a, it was a smart call-out. He has absolutely nothing to lose. If he goes out there and he loses, you know, he, it's a veteran, Dan Hardy. But if he wins, that's a huge win for, for such a young guy and such an inexperienced guy at that, too. So, and uh, uh, what do you think about the Van Zant fight? Man, Van Zant, uh, she was just outclassed again. Just, I mean, she really, she, I don't know if it's just like a talent differential, you know, like, but Michelle Waterson just had her. I mean, she just like dominated her. I mean, it was dominant. I, like the fight was over. I think in two minutes or something like that and like once it went to the ground Van Zandt just had no answer for her. yeah I think the UFC's just they've done a really bad job just uh picking fights for for Paige she's I think they forget that she's you know 21 and super inexperienced how many she doesn't have many fights at all and, and you know, I know they want her to be a star but you can't I mean they're they're messing up you know she's had she's had two two main events now and she's lost them both and uh to 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 two really really good opponents, you know, you can't you can't just be skipping the line just because they're they're stars. I think I think they usually did a great job with Connor and, and they brought him brought him up slow and uh, and it worked out. You know, he fought he fought the he fought two guys outside of the top ten and then then a guy just teetering on it and then you know a Poirier and uh, and Seaver who were you know like five and eight maybe. And, and yeah. They they built him up good and, and with Page and Sage uh, they've just not done that. I think they're just 
they're so hungry for as many stars as possible, especially with these new owners that they're just kind of missing, missing how, how to exactly build up these stars. Well, like that's what I've said about Sage before. I said, I, I think this is way too soon for Sage to be in the UFC because if Sage, if right now, if he was still undefeated and if he would have smoked Mickey Gall, I mean, they're going to have to start giving him some damn near ranked opponents. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to work out. I mean, where do you go from here? Same with Mickey Gall. Where do you go from here? Yeah, and they're really messing up these fighters' progressions. You like, throw them to the wolves. Yeah, throw them to the wolves that early. Like they need to, they, they need to, you know, learn at a certain pace, and and they're they're skipping a lot of stuff that they would go through if they would stay in, you know, in these smaller organizations. And uh, and you know, the UFC is supposed to be it's supposed to be the biggest and best fight promotion, and there has to be, you know, there has to be a certain level of skill to get in and. I know, I know. Sage is is a beautiful boy, but, but you got you got to let these guys get to a certain skill level before you just throw them into to the UFC. You know, I think the UFC has a reputation to uphold as as the best fight organization, and I know, I know they're they're looking for money, and that's totally understandable. It is a business, but but you do have to uphold that up that that reputation. I think. Oh yeah, I'm with that too. Like if, I mean, once Sage. If if he did beat Mickey Gall, okay, so if he starts fighting the top 15 talent and he starts losing every single fight, like, I don't feel like he's going to be a draw anymore. No. You know, like, I feel like he'd be a bigger draw if he came into the UFC and he had 12 fights under his belt, 15 fights under his belt. He's more experienced. He had more, you know, more time to, to train and, and, uh, and this and that. It's just they're bringing these guys in way too soon. And... It's not benefiting anybody from this. It's hurting the, the UFC, and but but more importantly, I think it's hurting the actual fighter's reputation. Yeah, I agree. Because, because with the UFC, I feel like I feel like you can't lose more than like two or three straight, and and if you do, you're teetering on on getting cut, you know. And then what? You know what I mean? Definitely. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Why why they would bring in someone this young? I just think I just think they're in between, you know, the phase of deciding what they want to do with the sport right now, and you know how they want to, how they want to build fight cards, and and uh, and these are just lessons they're they're definitely gonna have to learn along the way, till they, till they find the good medium of uh, of you know selecting fights based on uh, just entertainment and uh, and money. Yeah, so, yeah, like I. I fear that the UFC is moving more away from quality fights and just more into the entertainment business to putting on fights like CM Punk and, and people like that, you know, when they brought in James Tony, it's, it's like, I mean, like as a, as a purist fan of the sport, I would, I like to see better competition more than like freak show fights like that. Oh, definitely. And I hope that they don't continue to do that. Well, we we will see, you know, fingers crossed. But uh, but any any final thoughts on Sacramento? Uh, no, it was a good card. Uh, take nothing away from Michelle Watterson. Like, uh, let's not only talk about how poor Van Zant looked, but let's but let's compliment how well Watterson. Looked. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, because Van Zant's so tough, and and uh, but Watterson was just so dominant. Yeah, and she's she's small. She she fights at atom weight, so. And Paige has yeah. even said that she would go to 125 if there was a division. So that's pretty pretty impressive. 
Very impressive. She's definitely a uh, she's definitely one to watch in that division for sure. All right, that was uh, UC Sacramento. So now now onto the to the big boy uh, UC two hundred seven coming up next Friday. It's a Friday event, so they so they don't clash Friday, with uh, New Year's Eve. And of course, it is the return of Ronda Rousey. It's been uh, a little over a year uh, since she got murdered by Holly Holm. <laughs> And she has finally resurrected, and she's uh, she's going right back to a title fight. Uh, title switched hand a few times, you know, from Holly to Misha to Nunez, and so Ronda is is fighting Nunez, and uh, it's it's been a kind of interesting road to this. She uh, she just seems to hate all the media now. It's kind of the story, like she just feels betrayed by everybody since the loss, and you know, everybody already noted how she took the loss hard, and she was on Ellen talking about suicide and just all these dark things and uh i mean which is awful but uh just kind of surprising coming from a from a pro athlete you know especially watching how connor learned from his loss to diaz and so now now it's you know it's fight month i guess and not doing a lot of talks with anybody but but like conan i think she's gonna be on conan or some show like that and uh just seems kind of seems kind of tired of this whole ufc thing so so going into it that way like just she's not you know a lot of people are counting her out um, understandably, and uh, and Nunez is super tough, but uh, yes, yeah, it's gonna be interesting if they're even gonna have like a press conference for this thing just because Ronda's just kind of doing her own thing, you know. If you look back to UC 200, Connor, Connor didn't fight because he didn't do press, and now now Ronda's doing no press, but uh, she's getting away with it. It's just kind of an interesting uh, uh journey, but uh, yeah, here we are. Ronda Rousey's back. What do you think about this, Brandon? Uh, the question is, is where is her mind at? You know, I mean, she seems like she's obsessed with winning, but there, it's, we didn't think she would fight anymore. It's like, I don't know where her head's at mentally. Um, she, she seems determined. She seems like she's in shape, but that first loss, I mean, we seen how she, she didn't take it well. So I'm interested to see if she, comes out if she's going to be more cautious if she's going to fight any different if her game plan is going to be any different um i just don't know if she can ever recover fully like because she took this that loss so hard i'm interested to see how well she can actually recover from it yeah uh i think that's, i think that's a story you know a lot of people are understandably me included definitely just focusing on like just how weird she's kind of taking all this but uh you know the skills are still there. The, the I mean, she can she can take down anybody and she can armbar anybody and, and so I feel like she can arm. She can definitely armbar Amanda Nunes and I'm kind of thinking she might do that. We'll we'll see how Amanda fares. I mean she because Amanda just kind of blasted through Misha. So so it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, but I, it's it's also yeah. She has heavy hands. I think she's probably a better striker than Rousey. I mean, I who, say, who isn't? Who isn't a better leads. striker than Rousey? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But I watched a boxing but, video uh, on YouTube once, though. I think I'm a better striker too. <laughs> Probably so, man. She looked pretty, uh, pretty, pretty shitty um, against Home. But uh, I mean, Home is a former boxing champion, right? Kickboxing or boxing? Home is boxing. Home, oh, boxing. Okay, but. Also, it's worth noting that Nunez is a is a black belt in BJJ too. 
So, I mean, that's definitely worth noting. <clears throat> uh, so true, yeah. If Rousey even, you know, I mean, it's very interesting. I think I'm picking Nunez. Just for the simple fact, is like I just don't think Rousey. Uh, I just don't think she's in it no more, man. I think I think mentally she's checked out. Uh, she's so focused on redemption on and on like on getting that win back. It's like I think she's her head is just not in the right place. Yeah, you know, uh, I think this fight could go. I mean, it's going to go one of two ways. One of one of those people is going to win. And I definitely think whatever way it goes, it's going to be dominant probably. And it's going to be yeah. short. I can't see it being long. I think they're going to continue no the trend of, of all these women's title fights being being pretty short. Besides besides the Misha Holly fight, I'm probably I think the safe money is still on Ronda. Um, Amanda Amanda is definitely a good striker, but I feel like it's more just power. And I think yeah. I think Ronda's going to do what Ronda does, which is just grab everybody, flip them over, and just break their arm. And so I'm probably going to go with that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. But uh, but I, just looking at this whole, I just card, don't know how she's going to come back. That's that's just. That's I'm sorry. Go course. ahead. No, yeah, that's that's just what everybody's <laughs> thinking is. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to even think about the actual matchup just because Ron just uh, she's just a weird person, man, and she's she's really hard to she just is not coming across as a likable person. So and not then, at all. She's lost a lot of fans over over yeah. the way she's been acting over the past year. And, and she's not dealing with that well, but uh, but yeah, just looking at the two hundred seven card, it's actually a, a very good card. Let me run down the list of your fights. Uh, so in the co-main event is is another title fight, another bantamweight fight. This time the men's uh men's championship, Dominic Cruz fighting Cody Garbrandt, and uh, before that is Verdum uh, fighting Cain Velasquez, a rematch, uh, number one versus number two. This time not a title fight. That's pretty interesting. Then yeah. down the card uh, to open up the event is Dillashaw versus uh, Lineker. So, so let's just run down those fights uh, and let's let's start at, at Dillashaw versus uh, Lineker. Dillashaw number one just came off of uh, UC two hundred beating um, what is that guy's name? Rafael Sunsau. There we go. Sunsau. There we go. And then John Lineker just came off of fighting Dodson. Pretty close five round fight, but Lineker kind of edged him, I guess you could say. So it's number one versus number two is what the rankings are saying. Uh, what do you yeah. think about? What do you think for this fight? I think Lineker is a headhunter, and I think that's going to play right into TJ Dillashaw's game, uh, yeah. where uh, he's very hard to hit. His footwork's too good. His wrestling's good. Um, he, he's he's fast. He's elusive. He cuts angles like no other. Uh, I think TJ is just going to just outwork him. I think he's going to outwork him for three rounds, and I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for TJ Dillashaw, honestly. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, Dil, I think Dillashaw is just one of the greatest fighters, pound for pound. Um, I think I think he beat Cruz when they fought, but either whatever you think about that fight, I think it's it was one of the closest fights I've ever seen. Where there's a case where you could say that rounds one through four went to either guy. They're like I think the only round that was definite was round five for Dillashaw. So I think I think Dillashaw's a freak. And, yeah, and Lineker can hit anybody, and we've seen we've seen Dillashaw get clipped. Uh, by John Dawson, who Lineker just beat, but that was a long time ago. That was the Ultimate Fighter finale, and Dillashaw has just become such a better fighter since then. I think he's really going to make a statement. And uh, oh, yes. depending on how the cruise fights go, I mean, Dillashaw, Dillashaw's next up again. So we're both picking Dillashaw there. Next fight is, yeah. is the heavyweight fight, Verdun versus Cain Velasquez rematch. What do you think about that? 
Uh, I think the location is going to play a much bigger part in this fight than what it did the last fight. I mean, it, as saying, like, I think Cain Velasquez's cardio is going to be going to be on par. Oh, definitely. Uh, uh, I think his boxing's good. Uh, I think Verdum gets clipped a little bit too much, and I think Kane knows how to capitalize on mistakes. Um, yeah, I I, I could see it going either way because Verdum's striking has improved so much, and his ground game is probably the best in the uh, in the heavyweight division. But I can just see Kane just outboxing him and outworking him. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of conflicted on this fight too. Uh, looking at their first fight, it was I, I think it was a really sloppy fight from both guys, man. Yeah. Just not a just not a uh, fun fight to watch. I mean, obviously, it was more sloppy on Velasquez's part. You know, he definitely seemed a lot less prepared for the altitude. But I mean, if you're if you're 250 pounds, that altitude is going to affect you no matter how long you live there. And uh, oh yeah, and just looking at Velasquez's last performance against Travis Brown, he was. I mean, that was an incredible fight. And then uh, Verdum's last fight was against Travis Brown too. Yeah, and that, that was yeah. a fun fight too, but uh, not as that was a weird fight. Not as not as definitive in Verdum, just you know, his striking has definitely improved, and he's definitely more confident in it because he used to just hate striking at all. But he's definitely sloppy, and and I think I think I'm gonna go with Velasquez. I, I remember when uh, when Velasquez first fought Verdum, everybody thought Verdum was gonna lose. I mean, Velasquez was the champion, and uh, I want to say I won twenty dollars betting on Verdum. I was really proud of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going with Velasquez for this. Uh, Dude, I don't know if I don't think that he gets the finish. I think this might go all all three rounds. Um, I just see him just out just out working, just yeah. having the cardio, just just winning all three rounds. I think pretty decisively. Honestly. Yeah, I definitely think the safe money is on a, a decision. And then now we're on to to the championship fight: Dominic Cruz versus Garbrandt. Dominic Cruz, twenty two and one. Against number five, Cody Garbrandt, undefeated, ten and zero. Very, very uh, interesting fight. Safe, safe, uh, safe pick is is Dom. Uh, Dom very, very hard to hit, just like uh, TJ. And but the thing with Cody is though, it only takes one of those right hands. I know, like it's unlikely and like it's very hard to land on Dom, but it only takes one of those. And I think if Cody lands, you know, if he can land a shot, he could put his lights out. But I just, I just don't see it happening. Cody's very young. Um, he's kind of inexperienced too. Uh, I just see Dominic Cruz just, uh, he's probably just gonna dominate it um, with, with footwork, with being elusive, with sticking in movement, uh, and his head movement. I just. Uh, I see Dom winning the fight. Decision. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are choosing Garbrandt, and uh, I'm definitely not one of them. I think Garbrandt's a great prospect, but uh, I mean, his last win was—I don't even know if if, if Mizugaki was was ranked. I just, he's just not ready for for the type of opponent uh-huh. that Dominic Cruz is. Dominic Cruz is incredible. He's the champion for a reason. And I think it's gonna be a long night for Garbrandt. I think I think it's it's just such a big step up in competition. And like I was saying about how they how they took McGregor up slowly uh, is how they're not doing Garbrandt. And I kind of yeah. don't understand why. I understand Garbrandt's a cool guy, and, and in the future he could he could do big numbers. But nobody's buying this event because of Garbrandt. Not a lot of people know him. They're buying this because of Rousey. 
They're not buying it because of Cruz. Yeah. They're buying it because of Rousey. So they're really not adding any pay-per-view numbers to it. I mean, if anything, Dillashaw is a bigger name than Garbrandt. I'm, I'm sure he is. He's just been around longer, and he was a champion. And he's had the spotlight on Fox Sports 1 and all. But uh, So I'm still I'm still curious why they, why they gave it to Garbrandt, but... I was just going to say that too. Like, I don't see why they put Garbrandt over uh, Dillashaw. I, it makes no sense to me why TJ did not get the title shot. I mean, he beat a Sunsau, and a Sunsau was ranked number two. Now he's fighting Lineker, who's ranked number two. Yeah. Who else do you have to beat to get a title shot? I know. And I, I don't understand it. He had a he had a close close fight with a uh, with a Sunsau, and then came back and, and dominated him. So Dillashaw deserved it, but. But it's not the fight that's happening. But yeah, just, uh, easy money's on Cruz, probably. This easy decision, fifty forty five. That's what I'm saying. I could I could even see yeah, Cruz I finishing mean, him in like third or fourth round just because Cruz has such an edge in almost every field. And he's so smart too. Like his fight IQ has to be light years ahead of Cody Garbrandt. Just because just from like an experience standpoint. I mean Cody has that big right and and Cody could put anyone, Cody could put anybody's lights out, you know, in the whole division with that right. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and that uh, that covers the main card. But there are there's one pretty interesting fight on the prelims, and that is uh the what are they called the main event prelim? I'm not sure what they call it anymore, but it is Johnny Hendricks number six going against Neil Magny number eight. What do you what do you think about that fight, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, I think Johnny Hendricks, don't quote me on the exact quote, but I think Johnny said if he loses his fight, I think he said he's going to retire. Yeah, He said definitely. like if he can't compete with the top talent, he said he don't, de- he don't deserve to be in it anymore. And that makes me question where, where his head's at, too. I mean, you're already thinking about maybe retiring. Like, I don't think that's a thought to have going into a fight. I, I think that's the wrong mindset to have. It's probably hard not to have it, but... You don't want to think like that, I feel, because then, like you, you're doubting yourself almost. I feel, you know. Yeah, uh, man, Johnny Hendricks has had a a weird road from from argue, from beating GSP in most everybody's eyes to to losing to just about everybody to getting beat by Wonderboy yeah. and then like Castellum. Just man, he's just fallen really far. Yeah, and he's just fallen the so far. I think that weight cut. Yeah, it's the weight cut issues. Um, like I said, man, like this talent, I don't know if these guys are getting worse or if just this new wave of talent is just so damn good. You know, they just the older generation look look shitty, yeah. honestly, because we got guys like Gasolum. Gasolum has looked so good. Uh, this guy Neil Magny, he's he's very very impressive. Uh, that fight against Hector Lombard, I don't know if you watched it. That was uh, an amazing fight. He showed how much heart he has, what kind of chin he has. Um, this might be a tough fight for uh, for Hendricks. I mean, I think safe bet would be Hendricks would probably win a boring decision just yeah. by his wrestling. I'm, I'm, but I think safe Hendricks bet's on, not on Magny, good. man. I think I mean Magny what definitely. Think? I, I think Magny's last fight was the was the lost to Larkin, but I've just been so impressed by, by Magny. His, his win against Gastelum, and uh, who did he fight? That was the crazy fight where he almost got knocked out and came back in the second round. Who am I thinking of? Lombard. 
Lombard, Lombard. Yeah, that was an impressive one too. I think I think Magny, he's a young guy, and I think all his losses are just him uh, him learning and and he's a he's a tall guy, which Johnny Hendricks is gonna have problems with. He's short. Johnny Hendricks is short, and I think he's definitely got the cardio and. Uh, yeah, he's just a, he's just he'll strike with you for days and and just throw off so many shots. And I think that's going to give Hendricks a lot of problems. And I can, I really see Magny uh, showing up like never before and and putting putting the work on Johnny. And I just don't understand him. like where where did Johnny Hendricks boxing go? Because we seen it in the Lawler fights. He showed he showed good boxing. Yeah, and definitely. Like he, it's like he. He's not used it since. It's like he forgot how to box. He forgot how to fight. Maybe it's a change in camps. You know, maybe that's the reason. But something is not clicking with Hendrick, and it's not been clicking for a while now. I don't know, I don't know. man. I don't know, but he used, to, he used to be just so so great at combinations, and he was just a power puncher, and it's just kind of weird. Maybe it could be it could be the weight cut. It could be USADA. It could be a lot of things, but... I don't, even, I don't even think Johnny knows to be honest anymore. He seems conflicted every other fight. He says, "I'm going to go back to my wrestling, or I'm going to go back to to knocking people out with my left hand." So, I think I think yeah, he's, I, just, I think he's just one of those in between generation fighters where he was good enough to beat somebody like GSP, but but he was just in between the the new generation of you know Wonder Boy and Castellum and 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 now Magny in my uh, in my opinion. So we'll see where he goes. Yeah, I, think, I doubt he'll I doubt he'll retire. I think his race. His race might have been run. Uh, I think it's time's passed, man. It's time for these younger guys. Um, it's time for these older guys to kind of take a step back because it's proven with these younger guys, like they're just too good, they're too fast, they're they're too well rounded, they're good everywhere, you know, yeah. and and it's and they're just proving it. He uh, Johnny Hendricks' case of just being in between. Kind of reminds me of Pettis. Pettis was, you know, I mean, he was dominating on lightweight, and then, and then just the style was just not suited for these for these new guys. And, and I mean, look where he's fallen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, guys, that is a that's basically all of two hundred seven. Uh, there, there's definitely a few more good fights on the prelims and uh, in Fight Pass. Um, anything anything else you want to say about the the event coming up next Friday, Brandon? Uh, it just looks like a great event. Uh, there's a lot of young talent on here, and uh, I'm glad that they have a chance to shine too. Um, it's going to be really good, uh, a really exciting event. Yeah, I'm excited. I think there's a lot of good storylines going into it. Dillashaw, you know, a part of uh, this new Fighters Association, and and just being on the same card as Cruz and Garbrand, the whole Team Alpha Male thing, and there's just a lot of good fights on this card. I'm really excited for it. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's all we have today, guys. Thanks, thanks for listening. If you listened. And if you didn't listen, uh, how, why? Why didn't you listen? I don't know. <laughs> why don't you listen? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing not listening to this? You need to change your life. You need to change your life because we will change your life for you. Absolutely. Change your bum life. All right, guys. Thank you very much.